and welcome to Still Buffering, a cross-generational guide to the culture that made us. I am Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McRoy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. Well, this is our last episode in the in this time of unknowing. Thinking about that makes me want to vomit for so many reasons. <laughs> this I, is <laughs> I was I think that that's a slightly optimistic view. I hope this is our last episode in our time of unknowing. <laughs> uh, well, me too. Me too. This is uh, Schrodinger's episode. Schrodinger's uh, election. Will, will we what look back that? on this and think of how how naive we were? <laughs> We're at a moment where Trump has both won and lost. We do not know which path will happen. I don't want to open the box because I feel like either either way, I fear what's inside. I have no comfort uh, until whatever that day is in January that there's an inauguration. I don't care what the results are. I have no peace until then. Yeah. I don't know, we we yeah. keep talking about like oh how did we end up in the worst timeline okay so here's here is our chance to timeline correct slightly <laughs> I just hope we do it I hope we get yeah. back to not the worst timeline I uh oof yeah I there's a chance that when we record our next episode we'll know there's a yeah. chance we won't know. And I think it's important to remember that just because we don't know who won an election doesn't mean that the guy who's president already gets to declare he's still president. That's like not part of the rules. And sometimes I get the impression that maybe he thinks it is a rule that like, well, we don't know. So I guess I'm still president. And that's not how that works. Um, I think that's the worst. what his plan is. Yeah. Yes. Uh-huh. The worst possible outcome that seems very unlikely in the course of human history, but actually probably considering the year we've had is probably very likely is like in Veep when they have a tie, which has never happened before, like an electoral college tie. Mm -hmm. So then they have to send it to on a vote in like the house, but then it's a tie there too. So then it just ends up being a vote between the two vice presidents and which one of them will be president in the Senate. Like that's what's going to happen. We're just going to have all these different layers to this election. No one's going to know what it's going to be until like, uh, next summer next election in 2024 i don't even i don't know when do, at what point does it come down to arm wrestling just um just mano y mano i i don't i feel i feel like i feel like biden could take him my money's on biden in that scenario yeah he rides that bike a lot mm-hmm. he's he seems pretty active trump doesn't seem like he's an the active type no no no, I'm well golf. I mean, he well, that's not. I mean, he has like as president probably played more golf than any other president ever, or any other person ever, or any other person. <laughs> yes, I yes. mean, even like the professional golf. Really, it, yeah, except for professional golfers whose job it is to play golf all the time. It's almost like it's his job to play golf all the yeah, time. Yeah, it's weird. You, I thought he had another job, but I guess he didn't. Yeah. Well, it, uh, it yeah. certainly wasn't controlling the pandemic. No, no. <laughs> Yeah. So so I don't know. I guess it, it, well it'll still be there will still be time to uh to to help course correct our country by the time you hear this podcast. So I I, I sure hope anybody that's still on the fence on whether or not they're voting will uh will, will do the right thing. Please yes. Vote. Yes, please vote. Cuz this year it's it's I mean this is always kind of the case, but election day is not the election election day this year is like the end of the election so many people mm -hmm. have already voted um but also if you're you know doing an absentee mail-in ballot 
drop it off at this yeah, point. Yeah, don't mail it. Don't mail it. It's no. too late to mail it. To go drop it off. Um, I know that's harder for some. Yes. I know in, in Texas specifically, they've tried to make that as difficult as possible. Although it is now a very close call in Texas, which yes. is, you know, usually very red. And it's hard because it's, it's not wild. fair. This is voter suppression. Mm-hmm. I saw like it, it's it's basically a poll tax to make people wait hours and hours in line and drive all the way across the county mm-hmm. to try to drop off mm-hmm. their mail-in ballot to the right place. Um, it is, and it, it shouldn't be that hard, but it is that hard right now. So we have to overcome it. And then maybe we just stay on the people who win to fix this crap for the future. Yeah. Yeah, because I, like, I, I know... I mean, I I know Biden wasn't my first pick, but mm-hmm. I I it's the right choice given everything that the world is facing. And you know, once we get through this election, we've got four years to mm-hmm. to get better options up on ballots. Uh, so you know, don't this is just a this is just a a, a very important band aid that our our nation needs while it is actively bleeding out. Uh, right. Yeah. This is goal-directed care. This is about the, well, what previously were the ABCs. When you're when you're trauma management, mm-hmm. <laughs> when somebody when somebody is trying to die, you have to stop them from dying before you start figuring out right <laughs> what all caused it to begin with and addressing those concerns first. First, you got to keep them alive. Yeah, especially um, with the the crap that just went down with the Supreme Court nominee. We yes, we need to get some the right people in charge <laughs> yes in this case it's democracy that has been wheeled into the er on a stretcher <laughs> yeah, uh, let's, let's and also like basic democracy. human rights yes <laughs> somewhere in there too yeah uh, oh man yeah. so please vote please uh don't don't give up be discouraged or disheartened it is just the beginning mm-hmm. if we mm-hmm. prevail on the election but yeah and, and and just because you vote doesn't mean you can't protest, doesn't mean you can't take other more radical forms of expression. It's it mm-hmm. it I, I understand it's taking everybody a lot longer with the very active voter suppression that's happening, but it is worth your time if you were physically able to. Yeah, please vote. Yes. Um, but do you I got it this time. Hold on. Oh, okay. Do you know um, what thinking about this election makes me want to do? (laughs) Someone someone fill it in. You know what I'm going to say. I didn't know we were talking about a movie called Drink. (laughs) Well, that, I mean, that too, but I was going to say Scream. (laughs) Because we're talking about Scream. Yes. Get it? Yeah, we're going to talk about Scream. (laughs) That's what I want to do. Not the other thing, just scream. Why not both? Have you <laughs> tried it? Have you ever tried time. to drink tequila while actively screaming? Because we could figure it out. Mm, you could aspirate. <laughs> Please don't do that. I won't. <laughs> um, oh, scream is a scary film. Yeah, it, it seems so pleasant to change course here and talk about a movie where a bunch of people are murdered. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, that's at fun. least in that universe. Like, you know. A lot of things are different. I don't know who the president is in that universe. I mean, it's, I don't... it's the late '90s, right? When was this movie made? Yeah, maybe, there, maybe there isn't a president. Is that is Think that a that. Clinton era? Yeah, but is that? I mean, I don't know that it's part of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's right. 
I mean, yes. <laughs> but I, I don't know. I don't know if Scream... What I was saying is I don't know if Scream takes place in a different universe. Mm-hmm. Like, Oh, okay. Also, That's people it. could get close enough to each other in that universe to murder each other. Right? <laughs> you can't even do that now. It just, it, it just seems wild. Like, what are... That is... Just incredibly reckless that you would allow yourself to be within six feet of a of a murderer. Mm-hmm. Do you do you? I know this is. I want to talk about Scream, of course. That's what we're going to do. But on a side note, real quick, I know this exactly is about what you're going to say nightmares. Mm-hmm. Do you have nightmares now where like you're at a party or you're in a crowded place, mm-hmm. something, and like you're standing there talking or like hanging out, and then all of a sudden it like hits you in the middle of the dream, like, mm-hmm. what am I doing? We're not masked. What am I doing? Mm-hmm. And like it's too late, and you know, like you've been there so long that you could have been exposed, and like you're fr- like freaking out. Have you had these nightmares? Yeah, oh. I have had this nightmare. It, it's like, I have it repeatedly. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's our our version of the like you're you're giving a report at school, and then you realize you don't have clothes on, uh-huh. but it's, you know, mm-hmm. it's just, I'm just out in public with no mask on. Yeah, I've also had that very weird sensation of watching like TV shows or movies that were made before the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Like, why are those people so close to each other? Yes. What are they doing? They're at a party. Why are they, why is there a concert? That that's not allowed. <laughs> Everything. My perception on the world is now just different forever. Oh, I, me too. <laughs> Who I, knows if I'll ever be more than six feet or, <laughs> you know, closer than six feet to someone again. Well, it's, it's true because, you know, it's something that like it, it, it comes up in, in discussions of mm-hmm. all movies but definitely in horror movies things that kind of take you out of the plot or feel like very obvious devices that make it hard to believe and now it's just every bit of media that is made outside of a pandemic you kind of are taken out of the plot a bit Mm -hmm. by people touching it's like i don't believe that could happen (laughs) those people would never touch no (laughs) they would never be that close together why are they hugging uh Oh, that's sad. Um, yeah, so, so much is Scream. I I love the Scream movies in part because um, they touch. were very good, scary movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, came out when I was a youth, <laughs> um, and they were I found them absolutely terrifying. Mm-hmm. Also, because uh, for the longest time, my friends thought it was very funny to call me on the phone because <laughs> your name's Sydney because my name's Sydney right. Sydney say hello Sydney what's your favorite scary movie and I'd be like that's good mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. no I know okay. that's just like the that's she's named like me mm-hmm. That's, mm-hmm. thanks good cool 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 thanks for that but <laughs> <laughs> uh <laughs> yeah these were like I mean because I these are some of my favorite movies as well and I mean it's it was like at the time they came out, the horror genre, specifically the slasher genre, was pretty, pretty tanked. Like it wasn't, there weren't a lot of like hits in the horror world at the time. It was really a cultural reset and and kind of a revival of the entire genre. Well, and it it really, I think, what made it so. And I, now I, it would seem less revolutionary, I'm sure. But like at the time, it opens, of course, with Drew Barrymore, mm-hmm. who is a big star and then you see her killed and that was kind of shocking like mm-hmm. wait what <laughs> what is this movie because it already has kind of broken it's talking about scary movies so it's kind of meta it mm-hmm. is a scary movie and then also here's this big famous actor who has just been murdered in the opening sequence yeah um we- which all felt very jarring I watched that movie for the first time, or attempted to, rather, at my birthday party. I think it was in the fifth grade. 
Uh, oh, man. And I had a bunch of friends over for a sleepover, and we were going to watch Scream. We got through that opening sequence, and my friends were so terrified that we had to turn it off. And that, it, <laughs> that, that opening very, scene is just, oh. Yeah. Well, it plays with all those elements that, like, she's there alone. Someone's calling. It's These are all pre-cell phone days, and... I guess she didn't have caller ID, so you mm-hmm. you don't know who was it. Maybe pre caller ID. I don't know. Mm-hmm. We, didn't we have caller ID in '96? No, remember. because they make caller ID a plot point in the second movie. So I do think oh. this is, and I, I think it also. I think the reason it's such an effective scare is because it's right around the time that we were starting to have things like AOL Instant Messenger, like chat mm-hmm. rooms where you could encounter total strangers or people that knew you that were pretending to be different people. That was a very new cultural experience that I think this movie mm-hmm. tapped into brilliantly mm-hmm. uh they're so good with with there's so many scenes um that depend on like the kind of houses and structures these people live in the windows and placement of like sliding glass doors and things it's all so like you you constantly need the camera to look the other direction mm-hmm. that's all so well done mm-hmm. yeah um that makes it so scary and then of course like they introduce all the rules of horror films in order to uh, mock them, like because mm-hmm. they break them, and then the horror film falls. Like that's the final thing is that the movie falls into all those tropes, mm-hmm. you know. And and I, I it was so self aware and meta that um, it was very nineties, you know. Mm-hmm. It, it felt it fit very well into the nineties. The idea that like when you first see Sydney on the phone with the murderer. And she says she doesn't like scary movies because it's always some woman running up the stairs when she, she should be running out the front door. And then, I mean, literally three minutes later, she runs up the stairs instead right. of running out the front door. <laughs> yeah. Um, this was uh, maybe my first introduction to slasher movies. I'm trying to remember. For some reason, this has always been a genre of scary movies. And I've always liked scary movies. But this has been the one that, like doesn't really disturb me as much Hmm. as compared to like paranormal stuff or like psychological stuff like just a straight up slasher movie like scream halloween friday the 13th that kind of stuff never really bothered me that much i find them very enjoyable Hmm. um i mean as much Mm -hmm. as you can when someone's getting murdered but (laughs) i do i do remember watching this when i was fairly young and just wanting to yell at everyone in the movie because it does have all those moments where it's like what are you doing you just said this was a thing Mm -hmm. people shouldn't do in scary movies and this is exactly what you're doing um i do think that's true it's very self-aware but also still manages to be scary even though you know it's going to happen right like they set up all the scenes we were like oh well this this is what's going to happen next but then still manages to like oh oh no well you know i i think that was part of like and it's been so long since the first time I saw it but I feel like that was part of what made it good for me is that since they were constantly acknowledging those ideas from horror movies Mm -hmm. I didn't know what was going to happen like Mm -hmm. I I, you know like it kind of played with your expectations because they lay down those the rules of horror movies I mean Mm -hmm. that that scene is like famous now like what are the rules don't say I'll be right back don't have sex don't drink you know all the things that we know horror films punish teens for <laughs> because that you know that's what they've always done and then when you see them do it in the movie 
well, they just laid out that like that's what you're supposed to expect. Mm-hmm. Surely they're okay. No, they still get right. <laughs> no, they still, still get, get murdered. murdered. <laughs> yeah. But there is there is a lot of. I mean, God, it's it's such the first one specifically is so smart. I think that because it it's just it's equal parts funny as it is scary. And to me, mm-hmm. that's the sweet spot for horror movies. I love horror movies that have a good sense of humor. And even like with the rules, I think there's a lot of really good, like kind of inversion of those i mean the moment Mm -hmm. where we're obviously going to talk about spoilers but you know sydney has sex for the first time and immediately afterwards she points out a fact that kind of leads her to realize that her her boyfriend might be the killer she she brings up the fact that how did he use his one phone call when he was arrested like and i think that's so funny because it's like oh no she's had sex now she's gonna die it's like no now she's just aware of a fact that she (laughs) wasn't aware of before you know or the person you see i say i'll be right back is is a stew who's turns out to be one of the murderers so there's a lot of like inversion of like the rules actually don't mean anything you know like Mm -hmm. leading up to i mean starting off with the fact that your your heroine your lead actress that feels like your lead actress drew barrymore you know bites it in the first scene Mm -hmm. yeah yeah no i and i i do like one thing that i feel like makes this movie i was on rewatch it it made me laugh um so set in its time is that so you you are made to suspect from the jump that Billy, at, that at least Billy might be the killer, mm-hmm. right? Like you're you're set up to believe that, which is why he you believe he absolutely couldn't be, right? <laughs> right, because <laughs> they make you think that, and the way they make you think that is that oh my gosh, he has a cell phone. <laughs> Yeah, he must have true. made the calls. He must be the murderer. Who else has a cell phone? <laughs> but they- which is a wild plot device in the year twenty twenty to watch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I do think like like the camp, and it's subtle, but it's it's present throughout the whole the whole film. And I think there's no character more campy than Billy Loomis, like the, the spooky <laughs> boyfriend played by Skeet Ulrich, perfectly. Like he's so <laughs> creepy. He is so like. This is definitely, like, he's definitely the murderer. Why was there well, ever a question? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it is. It, and, like, you, the whole time you're thinking, well, if he's not the murderer, he's up to something. <laughs> There's <laughs> something going on there. <laughs> he's so creepy. <laughs> it's like, how do you not see it, Sydney? And, and no other movie could do this, could do that after this movie. Because it just, no. you know, like, it only works in the universe of Scream. Like, when he just deadpan says... But this isn't a movie. It's real life or whatever. Or there's that cover. Or no, he says it's all a movie. That's what it is. And Sydney says, no, this isn't a movie. It's real life. Like, those are real lines in this movie. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, what? how would he said it? Take it seriously. I, I, I just love those. Scenes. Like, imagine that scene in 2020 where you're trying to figure out who the murderer is. And then the boyfriend, an iPhone falls out of his pocket. And you're all like, oh. <gasps> That must the be only the only one here with the cell phone. Yeah, <laughs> Everybody's like, what? And then when she's calling 911 on her giant computer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Oh, I, this, I just enjoy those. Like, you can't, I don't know. You well, can't change. Like, that movie is so set in its time yeah. in some ways. I love, I always love that. That's the thing when you watch old scary, uh, not even old scary movies, like 90s scary movies. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't use so many of those those devices anymore you can't use the whole cell phone thing you can't make it believable that a bunch of teens would be somewhere without any way to call anyone yeah like 
now you have to in scary movies you have to have some way for them to lose their phones or lose wi-fi There's no service yeah. yeah you can't just say like oh well we're all here alone obviously none of us have cell phones <laughs> well, when uh when i was watching it um charlie walked into the room i paused it of course uh because i didn't want i had just started it and then she came walking back in and and i didn't want her to see a scary movie she's not old enough for that but she saw the phone in Drew Barrymore's hand and she went, what's that? It's <laughs> like, well, that's a phone. There's no way she believed you. She's like, what? Like, that's what phones used to look like. Oh, but that is that is such a good point, though, because I do think that is one of those moments that always takes me out of a horror movie when they have to explain away why they can't get in contact with anybody. So it's just like, oh, okay, mm-hmm. like what plot device? And I think that's also part of the brilliance of Scream is that they weaponize the phone. Like the fact yeah. that, you know, there there are several times where the person who's being attacked goes to call the police and the phone rings and it's the killer, you know, that is so smart because it doesn't explain away the phone. It literally just uses it as a vehicle of terror. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I want to talk more about Scream and then some thoughts about the, the follow-up movies. Um, the the Scream sequels. But before we do that, let's check the group message. Um, I want to I want to talk about my hair, really quickly. Okay. You usually do. I just, <laughs> hey, <laughs> no, I don't. I just want to talk about it just really fast. Um, so you know, we all have a lot of accessories in our lives. Maybe a purse or a necklace. But you know what doesn't count as that same kind of accessory that fits everybody. What? Your hair care. Oh. You, we that all need good. something. That was good how you like it. That was Thank good. you. Like it. Thank you. We all need something a little bit different because we've all got different hair. And that's why I use Function of Beauty. Um, it's hair care that's formulated specifically for you. No matter your hair type, they create shampoo, conditioner, and treatments to fit your unique needs. Which means there are over 54 trillion possible ingredient combinations. That's so that's many. That's so many. But that's how many different ingredients they have to get your hair the best it can be and healthiest it can be. Um, it's actually very fun because all you do is you go on their website, you take a little quiz and tell them about your hair. They'll ask you what's your hair type, you know, your length, what are your concerns, Um and then they come up with a little formula that puts in all the things that are going to meet your concerns, that are going to match your needs. And they deliver it right to your door in a customized bottle. Mine has my name on it. And it says Function of Riley. And it's very cute. It even came with stickers. Um, plus, their formulas are vegan and cruelty-free. My hair has not been healthier um, since I've started using Function of Beauty. And it smells really good. and also has my name on it. So no one else could even use it because it's just for me, which I enjoy. Um, so Taylor, if our listeners want to check out Function of Beauty, what should they do? Uh, you should go to functionofbeauty.com slash buffering to take your four part hair profile quiz and save 20% on your first order. Once again, that's functionofbeauty.com slash buffering. Get your 20% off. Let them know you heard about it from our show. Once more, functionofbeauty.com slash buffering. Uh, hey, siblings, have you ever Mm -hmm. read an old work of literature and enjoyed it, but wished it had gone a little differently. Yeah. Especially ones that involve queer teens and or vampires. All the time, yeah. Yeah. Specifically. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I bet a lot of people have. Well, Carmilla Revamped is a modern queer update to J. Sheridan Le Fanu's vampire classic, Carmilla. 
published serially on CarmillaRevamped.com. New chapters go live every Sunday, concluding in November 2020, and each chapter features artwork illustrated by various artists. So doesn't that sound like a good thing for you to check out? Wow. It does. Yeah. So if you want to, if you want to read this updated modern version of a classic, something that uh, might be a little more akin to our, our tastes and our kind of our culture today, you should visit Carmilla Revamped. Do you get that, by the way? Re. Mm-hmm. dot com to read a modern queer update to Jay Sheridan Le Fanu's 1872 vampire classic. So check that out today. That sounds wonderful. I'm going to be reading it. That's good. Sounds great. Sounds gay. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the idea. Uh, so, Scream. Mm-hmm. Back to Scream. Yes. Um, cell phones and computers aside, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I really i i i found Scream and the movies that followed to be um, it uh, for me. Horror movies are always something that like it's weird. I I enjoy watching them. But I also kind of hide behind like a blanket or pillow while I'm watching them because I don't want to engage with them too much. You don't want them to be aware of you. Yeah, I don't want them to see me. (laughs) If you can't see them, they can't see you. (laughs) I really do, especially movies that really scare me. Mm -hmm. I tend to watch like through my fingers so that I'm not completely enveloped by them because then they'll get in my head and Mm -hmm. then they're really real up there and then I don't sleep for days. Mm -hmm. Um the Scream movies, I found sort of, like, irresistible. I always remember, like, I couldn't do... Because I just wanted to watch them. So I find them very... Uh, because they're kind of clever and witty mm-hmm. and not funny, but, you know, like... Yeah. Clever. Um, I, I always had that, like, they always sucked me in. Well, they're not a horror movie that takes them... That takes itself... I don't know how to grammatically say that too seriously. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like it's not trying to be like the scariest thing you've ever watched. It will give you nightmares for years. Yeah. Like it's not, it's not trying to be that it's just, it is scary and it is about a serial killer, but it's still got those like meta breaks mm-hmm. the fourth wall kind of moments that are, that are I, good. I also think Sydney is a good protagonist in the sense that like I was thinking this upon rewatch from the first time she gets attacked, she's fighting back. Mm-hmm. There is there is very little of, like, hiding, you know? Like, from the first time the killer comes at her, mm-hmm. she is kicking and punching and hitting and, like, fighting right back. There is, there is never, I don't know, I really enjoyed that upon rewatch. Mm-hmm. Like, this is a, a final girl who's going to fight for it mm-hmm. kind of thing. Yeah, well, and that it, I, I think because the, the way they present the killer, which before the identity is revealed, is a very scary, you know, presentation. But at the same time, it's not this stalking, like slow moving, in mm-hmm. you know, impossible to stop force. It's it's the the, the, the killer's falling down and getting <laughs> getting punched yeah. and tripping yeah. and <laughs> crashing into walls like. It's a very physical kind of interaction that they always have with the killer. And I do I do mm-hmm. think that that makes the movies a little bit more exciting and maybe less scary because it's not like this unstoppable force, this supernatural force that's going to kill you. This is clearly a person that if you 
you know, scuffle enough, you have a chance against, which I think does make for a different movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not like that Michael Myers phenomenon where it's like he's just constantly walking so slowly, but he's always going to catch you. And also he never, ever falls yeah. or gets hurt or anything. It is. It, it's definitely a different kind of scare and disturbing because it's the idea that there are people in your life who given the right set of circumstances could become murderous mm-hmm. <laughs> you know i mean which is like a really if you meditate on that is a very upsetting idea yeah. to just put into the story especially like matthew lillard's character <laughs> my favorite character in the whole franchise <laughs> w- would you like to speak on your love of matthew lillard's character Stu? I, I, lo- I look i love matthew lillard in general i love him as Shaggy, I love him and as SLC Punk. Uh, I I love Matthew Lillard, but Stu, like he is just overacting, like just just so intense in the whole movie, and he's such like just this goofy like side character who apparently can be talked into committing serial murders just because I don't know his buddy was into it, and he's just he's gonna just mm-hmm. do what his buddy says, like the scene where he's. He's bleeding out. He's been revealed as one of the killers. And his response is like, my mom's going to be so mad. <laughs> it's played yeah. straight, but it's great. I love yeah. Stu. It, such a good character. It is a good character. And it, it, it's a very, again, it's kind of, it's very disturbing because it's like, so why did you help? Mm-hmm. Just because, I mean, you're best friends. Mm-hmm. So that's what BFFs do. Like mm-hmm. when one BFF wants to murder, the other BFF helps him out. It's a very, like, it's upsetting. It is also, the more I think about it, that's a very 90s plot line. Because mm-hmm. it's very, like, that kind of the kids aren't all right kind of attitude. Mm-hmm. Like, we don't know what these teenagers are capable of today. <laughs> they might at any moment just murder someone because their best friend told them to. Yeah. It's just, you know, with their goth look and their <laughs> and their loud music and their video games. But it's such a great counterpoint to Billy, the other murderer, who's just got this brooding, you know, he's so dark and he's so troubled and now he's got this big reason for why he's murdering Sydney is because her mother was responsible for tearing apart his family. Just you know, white boy problems. But, like, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> there's a lot of that in the whole franchise. Like, the you know, the killers, and it's like, this is, really? Like, this is the reason you commit mass murder? Okay. Uh, but, mm-hmm. like, the, Billy has all this drive and reason, and then Stu's just like, I don't, I don't know. I just, just do it, because my buddy said so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, I had to do something to kill time. Um, I do think, though, now that I'm thinking about it, this was one of the first scary movies i don't know like ever that i watched where it's not a murderer like they make you think this is a person Mm because you've got the same costume going on but then when it's two it's like that big plot twist of like but that oh that explains so much because you've got the people (laughs) in different places and like there are two of them there's not just one so we've gotten rid Mm -hmm. of one but what about the other and then there are more like it's it's not just the one scary person who you can't get rid of yeah, it's the the scarier idea that like, oh, but there are many, mm-hmm. and you never know if this person is one also, mm-hmm. um, which I think is a really good scary movie. Yeah, that's true. Device. That's no, true. That is, yeah, because I don't think of the, I can't think of another franchise where the killer changes from movie to movie. Mm-hmm. It's just the costume that stays the same. But you're right; that is kind mm-hmm. of the brilliance of the franchises. Yeah, it introduces an element of the who done it, which is not 
a like usually those are very different films, right? Mm-hmm. Kind of like your murder mystery film and then your straight up like slasher horror film both involve murder. Yes. <laughs> but but they're usually very distinct in the in the way it's presented because in a murder mystery I'm usually not scared. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't like the deaths are presented kind of like abstractly mm-hmm. and more as like you're trying to solve the crime as opposed to in a slasher film where you're supposed to be scared of it. Right. And Scream really walks that line sometimes mm-hmm. where you're not sure which one it, which maybe is why, like, you're right. I never found it. I, I, I want to say I never found it incredibly scary. But on the flip side, when you are home alone, mm-hmm. after you have seen Scream and you're a young person and you're home alone and that phone rings, there's always a moment where you think, oh, OK, this is it. This is it. <laughs> this is when I get this is when they come to get me. <laughs> Back when we had house phones that rang. Like, that's also kind well, of yeah. Yeah. Asked, really right? <laughs> uh, yeah. They, those were scary. D- Listen, a phone ringing and you can't see who it is is scary for so many reasons. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, um, although it still works with a cell phone and a blocked number. That's, oh, true. that's true. Still scary, that's true. Yes. right? Uh, the, I will say, I know we didn't watch this, but I have watched this in the past. I think it's interesting that this is one of the few scary movies that does have a modern reboot in a sense. Mm. Um, MTV did a Scream TV series just a few years ago mm-hmm. with a bunch of teens and tried to carry over like it wasn't just like the same plot it was like same universe same characters Sydney was in it at some point you know mm-hmm. you got the multiple murderers but it is even more ridiculous because they did have to do like you have to get rid of the cell phones at some point or are we going to use the cell phones but then like what about this other technology you've got like I don't know, hidden microphones and cameras mm-hmm. and it's a lot, but um, it is interesting because it is trying to take that very 90s, early 2000s centric idea and put it in like the late 20 teens. Mm-hmm. Um, I, the movies are better, but it is an interesting take. It also starts out with Bella Thorne, who is the only like well-known actress in the show getting murdered within the first, you know, yeah. scene. So follows the same kind of. Same kind of plot. Well, I think, I think, I mean, Taylor, you probably know more. This The genre is, is something you know more about than me. But uh, is Scream the first one to set up that kind of idea of like a, a big giant star that gets offed right in the beginning oh. of the movie? Because I feel like that has happened more and more since then. Mm-hmm. But I don't, I really, when I started watching that movie the first time, I had no expectation that Drew Barrymore was going to die. Mm-hmm. I mean, like. It's Drew Barrymore. You would she think that's be. like your main girl. And I and I do believe the way that it was advertised, you knew she was in it. Mm-hmm. It was not, I mean, and you knew Nev Campbell was in it too, but like there was never any thought like, but she's just in it for a few minutes. Like, right. You know? No, that that definitely was a, because there's always an index kill in a horror movie, but usually the index kill is a throwaway actor. Like usually it's something that mm-hmm. is not, it's somebody you're not meant to meditate on. And I think that instant connection that we had to Drew Barrymore as such a beloved actress. She was the most well-known in that movie. Because at the time, Nev Campbell, like, I think this was around, like, Party of Five time. But, like, she was not... Yeah, probably. Yeah, she was not, like, a massive celebrity, whereas Drew Barrymore was. Mm -hmm. So it really, really was a brilliant move. Because I think that got us emotionally invested from the very beginning by just putting Mm -hmm. a beloved actress as the index kill. It's brilliant. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I don't... I, I remember being very shocked by that. 
And like having that moment of like, does she come back later? And like, very yeah. clearly, she she's she not going to come back later. No. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, I feel like they drive that home pretty yeah. obviously. Like, she's not coming back later. Well, I like that from that very first scene, it tells you what it is. Mm-hmm. Like, it tells you this is not a scary movie. Like, you know, this does not follow the scary movie mm-hmm. rules that you know. Like, right from that very first scene when you see your, you know conventionally attractive very famous female actress and you're like okay well there's your your final girl your main girl or whatever nope she's dead it's been two minutes she's not coming back like i like that it starts that way and and keeps going that way Mm -hmm. you know um we haven't said enough i feel like about uh the presence of courtney cox Mm. or courtney cox's (laughs) hair (laughs) the hair Courtney Cox's hair. <laughs> iconic looks in all three movies. Everything. I, it's so iconic. I think it's funny that uh, Riley, before we started, <laughs> when Riley first got here today, she said, uh, I had forgotten Monica was in this movie. <gasps> <laughs> well, I did. I Like, when I first watched it, I had never seen Friends. So, like, I hadn't seen her in anything before. And then I rewatched it. And I just, like, it was the hair at first. It threw me off. I was like, I don't. Oh, wait, she looks familiar. Oh, my gosh, it's Monica. She's definitely in this. It definitely took me like 30 minutes into the movie. Uh, I have to imagine that they realized they had something with between her and then, of course, Dewey with David Arquette. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I really thought, like, of course, Dewey's going to get killed off in this movie. Like, I remember thinking, like, when you think he's dead, like, well... We all knew Dewey had to be sacrificed, yeah. right? Like, we knew that this would have to happen yeah. in this film. And then he's not. And, like, it was such a relief to me because I love Dewey. Yeah. And I, I have to imagine that they saw that, like, these two characters continuing along in this franchise is is good. Mm-hmm. We need to make that continue. Yeah. But, man, they, uh, I, there are moments in all three movies where they you think that they've, they're done for, where they get stabbed yeah. multiple mm-hmm. times. I. It's really like the, the, the amount of injuries that these people have endured by the third movie. <laughs> or fourth, I guess. Uh, Dewey's Dewey's another character that is just played right on the like razor's edge of acting and camp. Like just you know, yeah, there mm-hmm. are moments where it's like this is not this is not meant to be taken seriously. When when the killer calls Sydney and then Sydney like hangs up the phone, it's when uh, when she's staying with Dewey and and her friend, mm-hmm. and then Dewey goes up to the phone and picks it up and goes hello. <laughs> <laughs> like it's such a funny moment. It's like this is not a yeah. serious character. Oh. Uh Taylor, you had made an interesting point because we've mainly talked about the first movie, but of course, many. There, there were at least three. Right? Uh, there, three following there, movies. There was a, the original Four? trilogy, and then there was a fourth one that came out. I think in maybe like two thousand. I think it's it was old, but uh, starred uh, Emma Emma Roberts as the uh, the sort of new yeah. Sydney, but then also oh, turned yeah. out to be the murderer. Spoilers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there's a new one coming out, right? Isn't there another one? I think being they made? are. Aren't they rebooting it I think again? Doing an, a, oh, f- I didn't a know fifth that. one, yeah. With with the original cast, and am I wrong that maybe Drew Barrymore is supposed to be in that? Is she? I might have. Made are you that thinking up. that just because there is that very charming clip going around of her dancing with the scream killer? I think that came <laughs> recently. That's, listen, time has no meaning anymore. Yeah. I might be talking about the original film. 
Is Drew Barrymore in the original film? <laughs> Listen, I've been thinking a lot about quantum physics. <laughs> all right. Anyway, okay. so that's yeah. Uh, Sydney exists in all times at once. In some sense, you or the character both. Okay. okay. And <laughs> you overlap. Or, or is what you're saying is that in some universe you are this Sydney, then you are the Sydney in the screen frame. Are mm-hmm. you this Sydney right now, or are you that Sydney? Is that Sydney you? Who's to say? Uh, we're, we're really <laughs> losing track of things in this <laughs> in this time in history. Yeah. Yes, I have lost track of. All, I don't know. Until you open the box, you won't uh, know. <laughs> um, what were tell you? <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> you had said interesting things about the third yeah. movie that I well, thought. Yes, make your interesting okay, point. All right. <laughs> uh, so. <laughs> You get reoriented in time and space, and I'll talk about the third movie. Um, yeah. So, yeah, so the, the the first movie, obviously, big bo- box office hit. Uh, almost wasn't, like, Wes Craven was almost fired from the first movie. I think this is worth talking about. Like, he had to show the footage of that opening scene to get to stay on his, mo- his own movie because the studio was so doubtful of it. But then that turned into a massive success. The sequel, Scream 2, massive success. Three wasn't mm-hmm. a big box office hit at the point. Like all of those stars, you know, they were by then they were doing other things. Uh, it was really just the box office, or it was really just the uh, Miramax dimension, whatever, uh, trying to squeeze out some more money from the franchise, and it didn't have the impact. It was pretty sour in in performance. But in mm-hmm. a post Me Too society, it's rather uh, it's it's kind of an fascinating that this movie got made uh it is produced by the weinsteins like harvey weinstein is a producer credit on this movie and that's crazy the plot of scream 3 is you find out about maureen prescott's past when she was an actor briefly in hollywood was taken advantage of was sexually assaulted by movie producers and had a, a child like a secret child because of this and that child grows up to be the next murderer who has this you know big chip on his shoulder because mm-hmm. I, he grew up in the lap of luxury in Hollywood, but didn't get to, I guess, grow up in the middle class Woodsboro that Sydney got. I, I don't really know why he's mad, uh, but <laughs> but he <laughs> he's is. very mad. But but the, the plot, there's a character in it that is legitimately a creepy movie producer that says, eh, you know, girls come to Hollywood. They have to play by the rules or else they don't get parts. That's how it is. And this was definitely Ugh. written as a call out. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, there was a lot of conflict between and, and the, the, the writers on the movie would never say completely forward. This is about Harvey Weinstein. But they did say mm-hmm. we were aware of what, you know, it was a very open secret in Hollywood at the time. And it's right. crazy that th- this movie is out there. And like, I think it it's completely recontextualized in modern senses. I think it's a it's a superior movie. Mm-hmm. Um. I think that's really interesting. I had never really thought about that. Yeah. But, but you're right, because when I was reading some more backstory on the first one in prep for this, I was reading that the Weinsteins were Weinsteins were uh, involved in it and that um, they changed the name of the movie. It was supposed to be called Scary Movie. Oh. Really? Yes. Huh. And then it was called, they changed it to Scream, which of course... But then they did have the Scary, scary movie, movie, which was like yeah. the kind of... Well, it was, a, it was a spoof of a lot mm-hmm. of scary movies. Yeah. Scary movie. Intentionally not scary, just, you know... Yeah, like a funny... Fun of, yeah. Funny movie. Um, yeah, but I think that I think that's really interesting. I had never made those connections, but you're absolutely right. Yeah. I also totally made that up or dreamed it. There's no that Drew, Drew Barrymore because <laughs> I because I remember 
thinking like that can't be right. She died. She died very quickly. Could have brought her back as but a different then, character. Yeah, you could bring her back as as a different character. I mean, in horror or movies, or a ghost. There are no rules. Yeah, she could be a ghost. Maybe there'll be ghosts in this one. But I I, I do think that <laughs> maybe there uh, probably won't. well because you know the, the thing about the third one is you think that the, there might actually be the ghostly presence of the the former Marine mm-hmm. Ma- Maureen Prescott. Mm-hmm. But I do think that the third one corrects something that I really, on rewatch, found disturbing about the first two movies. And that's that there's this sort of, the reason all this bad stuff keeps happening in Sydney's life keeps going back to her her mother and her horrible cheating habits. You know, like, that's why right. she was punished. And that's why she deserved to die. And now all these people are mad because of this just mom who just slept around. And that, the thought that that is the source of just this, forever pain in Sydney's life always bothered me because it just seems like like the, the basis of these movies are slut shaming um, mm-hmm. and so I do I think that the third movie giving some some you know background to Maureen Prescott's possible trauma and and humanizing the character a bit more was really uh, re- a, a, re- a moment of redemption for me like now looking back on the movies mm-hmm. I think that's a very good point because that that is I agree with you on rewatch. That is something that like is very bothersome about, yeah. about the initial, the whole thing. Um, aside from the fact that a guy named Cotton did not in <laughs> fact murder anyone, I guess. <laughs> what the Nate Cotton weary Gale Weathers. <laughs> like, I know. <laughs> it's such good names. Oh, they are. They are very Sydney, good. Sydney, you yeah. know, Sydney is such a great, yeah. Great name. Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, thank you both. I I enjoy rewatching Scream always. It's, Me too. Um, I, I, those are those are fun. Those those are not the ones. Now, if it's a possession movie, oof, those are hard for me. Mm-hmm. But these I can rewatch without yeah. having to hide. Yeah, I have that in common with you, and I think that must go back to some sort of weird repressed <laughs> Catholic thing. Like there, nothing mm-hmm. scares me like a possession movie. <laughs> Mm-hmm. That those are the ones that like get in my head, and I like lay awake at night after Justin's asleep, just staring at the ceiling. Like, that's not real. That's no. That's not real. That's not real. Just close your eyes. You're fine. <laughs> um, I have to ask. Uh, just on the topic of of slasher films, um, what what character would you be? What cliche character in a slasher movie would each of you be? <laughs> I mean, I want to say I'd be the final girl, Hmm. but I don't know if I actually have the skills to be final girl. Yeah. Maybe I'd be the one that dies in the very first scene. (laughs) I'm too much of a, I, I would be too arrogant to be the final girl because like the kind of like sarcastic one or like. I don't know. This is not really a role that girls usually get to play, right? Mm-hmm. It's usually like the guy who's yeah. like smart and dismissive and sarcastic about it. And can like fix things and help with things and uh-huh. yeah. and then yeah. gets murdered. Gets murdered. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's usually it's they don't usually Thanks Hollywood. You you're also you're also a doctor and I think mm-hmm. that in a slasher film there's always suspicion cast on the doctor because they'd mm-hmm. have they'd know how to murder people. <laughs> True. <laughs> that that would that's true. I probably would be, and I would be just a little too calm, where people would suspect me, mm-hmm. because like, I would be trying to like, how do we get, like, let's make a plan. This is yeah. bad. I'm gonna plot. Like, let's figure this out. I can take charge of the situation. Don't worry. I'm gonna get us out of this. Everything's gonna be fine. 
and then I would get off. And mm-hmm. then they would realize, like, that she wasn't the killer. Yeah. That'd be me. Yeah. yeah. Taylor? Uh, I don't know. I mean, because I think I fall into, like, the nerdy horror movie fan that would be useful. Might. Definitely would at least get attacked. I'm, I'm not. I'm mm-hmm. not final i'm not survivor material but i might make it through to a sequel surprisingly like you know get wheeled out yeah like, oh we got a, we got a live one here uh but i would eventually die in the franchise because my knowledge is too helpful <laughs> along the way <laughs> but then i don't know i i might also be a surprise killer reveal just saying i, I knew I, you were gonna what, yeah. say that i knew you were gonna say i might be the murderer <laughs> i just i'm just owning the truth uh riley what about you i mean i i think riley is final girl material personally no insult to you i would Sid, like but i would uh, like to think so i took I a quiz know. once about what horror movie trope i was on buzzfeed and it told me i was the final girl you don't think you're the kind to get crushed in a garage doggy door <laughs> no i mean that definitely also could be me <laughs> See, I'm, I'm, no, I'm on a very fine line between final girl and the one who's just kind of there and she doesn't get in the way, but she's not super helpful. <laughs> and she's just always scared of everything that's going on asking like, guys, are we sure we should, are we sure we should be doing this? Guys, are you sure? Hold on. Wait, are you sure? And then I get murdered. Yeah. You're the friend. I'm the friend. You're the friend who's like fun and well-meaning and terrified <laughs> and just trying to stay alive and you know, isn't gonna. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Well, that is that is the the character that gets the doggy door treatment in the, in the first yes. movie. Rose McGowan, the, the best friend. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's also best friend makes it to almost the last reel, but unfortunately eats it. So none of us none of us last to the end, I guess, is what we're saying. I mean, unless yeah. I'm the murderer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's that. Well, um, I won't murder. Yeah, I'd be off pretty early. My character usually goes pretty soon. Oh, well, you got to eliminate the obvious suspect. Mm -hmm. And it's like, who is it? It's Taylor. (laughs) (laughs) I got got talked into it by a by a by a spooky friend. All right. I wouldn't I wouldn't plan it out, but I might go, you know what? Yeah. Okay. (laughs) All right. I I guess I'll do that. I have some free time. (laughs) Whatever. That's fine. (laughs) There was some YouTube series that I was watching that was like all of the astrological signs in a horror movie setup. And I think more than anything, I was just offended. I'm like, why isn't the Capricorn the murderer? That should be obvious. Oh, what what does this say about me? (laughs) Oh, was I the murderer? Were Aries murderers? No, no, the Aries wasn't the murderer. Um, I think Mm. actually they they presented the Virgo Mm. as uh, like the Hannibal Lecter type character. So that's me kind of see it oh here wait <laughs> i found i found it um aries the first to die <laughs> okay see i knew i knew i was up there somewhere capricorn this is probably a different one than what you saw capricorn the one who snapped and went on a killer spree oh, okay there it is <laughs> and virgo is the one who sacrifices themselves Aww. so i also die Aww. okay i'm sorry y'all. yeah see i just like to think it's because i'd be so useful if i could hang in there for the whole film so you gotta kill me really quickly you know, mm-hmm. right? Because like I could like you know provide medical care, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then then what kind of what kind of slasher film is that where I'm constantly like resuscitating victims? Yeah, <laughs> nobody dies. Which, which there's precedent for because in the second screen there's Jer- Jerry O'Connell. That's the actor, right? Yeah, who's the yeah. young med student? Just a uh-huh. sparkling example of a good good guy character who gets who gets murdered because a uh, city mm-hmm. doesn't doesn't trust that he's. As good as he says he is. Yep. 
I think it's really sad that she wears his letters in the third movie. Much, yeah, that is sad. Mm. That is a, that is a tough point. Much maligned mm-hmm. in the medical profession. Yeah. Sorry, now I'm distracted looking at all these. What would your zodiac sign be? Movie. I just want to know what is Pisces. What's mom? Uh, the one who screams at everything. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. Yep. Right. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mom might be final girl material. Actually, now that I yeah, think that's yeah. true. That's, that's true. That's true. That is mom. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, all right. So Taylor. thank you both. Taylor, you're up next. Oh, yes. yes. What, is, what are we? Uh, I know we're, we're moving out of spooky month, but uh, I, I'm going to just, we're going to ease us off a little bit with, uh, I want to talk, we haven't talked about Buffy yet. Oh, no, All right. I'm excited. So, yeah. Well, we will, we will Buffy it up next time. All right. Um, just, I don't think there needs to be any specific episodes to watch, right? Obviously the musical one. Well, yeah. <laughs> just, just, I just want to talk about the Buffy musical, actually. <laughs> can we just talk about the Buffy musical? Um, we can focus on I mean, on yeah. That. And then we can talk generally about yeah. the series. Uh, I don't think, I don't think we have to talk about any certain. We've seen it all. Yeah. No, I don't, and I mean, I'll, I'll probably talk about the movie because there was a movie originally, but. Oh, I, yes. Mm. There was a movie. The cultural touchstone was more the series. Um, yeah. Exciting. All right. Well, that sounds good for next week. And uh, until then, everybody hang in there. Um, vote. Hopefully. Ho- please vote. Please vote. Hopefully this will be over soon. <laughs> hopefully by next time we talk, we'll know who the next president's going to be, and it won't be the same as the current one. Yes. Yes. Um, Pam. Get us yeah. out of this timeline. <laughs> it's a lot to think about. <laughs> so... Uh, Everybody, take care of yourselves. Wear your masks. Social distance. Um, cases are surging everywhere, so please, please be careful. Look out for others, and uh, vote and drop off your ballot if you haven't already. You can't mail it; it's too late. I mean, you can, but it won't get there. So, yeah, drop it off, or if you can safely vote in person, vote in person. And um, we'll see you on the other side. Yes. So thank you, Maximum Fun. Go to MaximumFun.org for a lot of wonderful podcasts you would enjoy. Thank you um, to everybody who emails us at StillBuffering at MaximumFun.org or tweets at us at StillBuff. You can do those things, and please do. And thank you to the novellas for our theme song, Baby Change Your Mind. This has been your cross-generational guide to the culture that made us. I'm Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McRoy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. I am still buffering. And I am too. What, Sydney, what is your favorite scary? <laughs> Didn't answer the question. <laughs> Maybe if, if she I just am- answered the question, the movies would have ended. <laughs> if I answer it wrong, are you going to kill my high school boyfriend? <laughs> would, you, would you care? <laughs> I don't want anybody to die. <laughs> so I don't want to hang out with them. I don't want them to die. <laughs> We interrupt the podcast you're listening to to tell you about another podcast. That's right. We got this with Mark and Hal. That's correct, Mark. This is Hal. We do the hard work for you, settling all of the meaningless arguments you have with your friends. So tune in every week on the Maximum Fun Network for We Got This with Mark and Hal. And all your questions will be asked and answered. You're welcome. All right. That's enough of that. We got this. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.